Hello and welcome to Groove Therapy, a podcast that explores the effects of live music on our brains, bodies, and our lives and provides a space for you, our listener, to learn about how you can bring the magic of live music into your everyday life. My name is Dr. Leah Taylor and I am joined here by my fabulous co-host, Tara Lee Weathers. Hello, everyone. That's me. We are back here for another episode of Groove Therapy with you. And before we get started, Tara Lee, I would love for you to let listeners know what you are up to in your professional life. Yes. So if you are someone who has ADHD and has like a million ideas at once, and you're trying to figure out how you can put those ideas all together into a business that makes sense and makes money and is fun and leaves you feeling free, I would love to talk with you and hop on the phone to see how we can make all that happen. And if there is idea in there that will be successful and lucrative for you. So if that is you and that sounds interesting, you can go to my Instagram, which is at rocking life with two underscores and DM me the word magic and I will hit you up with all the deets. So Leah, what are you up to? Yay. Well, that is all very fun and exciting. And what I would like to share is actually very related to the theme of this particular episode, which is on community. And our guests are going to tell you all about how they have really helped to create just such an amazing live music community with their own fans. And as live music fans, we all know how important community is. And of course, we haven't really been able to gather with our community this year in the ways that we are used to. And certainly we have felt the effects of that. And so one of the ways that I've tried to counter the effects of that is to create an online membership for live music fans that are really ready to prioritize their health and wellness and still want to do it in a fun and authentic way. Because let's face it, our lifestyle is a little bit different than everybody else's lifestyle. However, we can still be super healthy in our lifestyle and go rock out to live music multiple times a week. Although you have to decide what number, you know, a week or a month works for you. Maybe that feels like too much. Maybe that's not enough. But that's the thing you get to decide. And so I help to guide you through that as an expert in lifestyle medicine and in health and wellness. I've been teaching this to people for over 10 years now, and now I am bringing it to our community. And so if this year you have decided that this is the year that you really want to focus on your health and wellness and you don't want to have to do it alone, then you are definitely going to want to learn more about the Shine Collective and definitely be aware when doors open on April 22nd. So definitely go to Dr. Leah Taylor right now and sign up for the waitlist for the Shine Collective. That's the only thing on that site right now. It is being built from the inside, but you can sign up for the Shine Collective waitlist on drleataylor.com and doors will be opening on April 22nd, which is Earth Day. So remember that date and there'll be some fun things leading up to that that you'll find out more about too once you sign up for the waitlist. And I would love for you to join us in the Shine Collective because it's really awesome over there. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So Tara Lee, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about our guests that we have for this episode. Yes. So these two men are members of one of my favorite bands ever. And I have seen this band like 
over a hundred times. So if that just gives you any indication how much I love this band, I've chosen to spend my time seeing them many, many times. And they are in the band Mo. And this, these two men are Vinny Amico, who is the drummer, and Al Chenier is the guitarist, also vocalist. We are talking about community, which Leah alluded to before. And the reason why we decided to choose community as our theme for this episode, it's because Mo has one of the most amazing communities out there. They go by family and Mo Rons. And like, I'm so proud to be a member of the family and also to be a Mo Ron. Like, they are just the most incredible, kind, loving, generous, all-inclusive people out there. I just feel so accepted and loved, which is like another reason why I chose to see this band over a hundred times because I loved the music, but I also loved all the people that love the music too. Yeah, it was really lovely to have this conversation with them. And, you know, we don't often have two members of the same band on the same episode, but I think it really worked out well for this episode because I could also see the connection between the two of them, which was really Yeah, sweet. that band, they have so much camaraderie too. And, and they'll talk about this in the episode, but the band has a meeting every Thursday and they connect with each other. And, and I feel like that's just mm-hmm. like, that's so important. And I don't know that every band does that, but they just like enjoy being around each other so much that they're like, we want to hang out every Thursday and do this thing. Yeah. And it was really sweet to just hear like how that that really has actually been an intention for all of them. And you guys will find out more about that in the episode. So definitely stay tuned. Yeah, you'll also find out a lot of things because like I said, I've been a fan of Mo for so long and I learned so many things that I never knew. And so you're like, if you're into the band at all, which I know that you are because they're amazing and almost everybody is, then you're going to be in, you're in for a treat because they really share some things that like, even actually they didn't know when they had to figure out on the spot too. (laughs) Yeah, that was really (laughs) cool. All right. Well, we are a part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and there are so many amazing podcasts that are a part of this network, and we're so grateful for them and their love and support in bringing this podcast to life. And so definitely check out Osiris Pod and check out all of their podcasts because there's something for everyone who loves music there. Yes. Definitely do that. And also make sure that you follow us on all the places that you can find your podcast. Two of the big ones are Spotify and Apple Pod. And uh, through Apple Podcasts, you could leave us a rating or a review, which we would appreciate so much because when you do that, then it just makes it even easier for other people to find out about this podcast. So if you are enjoying it, then other people might Yeah, and every time we get one, we do a happy dance. And don't you want us to do a happy dance? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We love to do our happy dance. Yay. (laughs) And then also you can follow us on Instagram, Groove Therapy Podcast, and become a part of our community because this is all about community and we would love to connect with you. And that is on Facebook at Groove Therapy Community. Groove Therapy Podcast Community on Facebook. All right. Well, we will be right back with Vinny and Al. And we're back. We've got Vinny and Al from Mo. And I'm so excited to talk to you about the theme, which is community, because I've been personally a part of the family and a moron for years and years. I went to the very first Mo Down and I was a fan ever since. I actually didn't 
know who you were at that time. I forget who was playing who I went to go see. But then I was like, I am now a moron. And this is my thing. And I've seen you over a 100 times since then. We know you have cultivated the most amazing group of people that just love and support you and are a part of of what you do. And it's so incredible, like at all the festivals and at the shows. And I don't know, it's just so wonderful. So I would love to hear your take on that as the people that have made the band that brought this community together. So if it's from the first Modown, Al, how many marriages and kids you think have spawned out of the, uh, <laughs> since the first Modown? So we're talking 21 years, because I think it was 2000, right? Or was mm-hmm. it 99 that we did the first Modown? I think it had to be 2000 because I had graduated college and I graduated in 2000. So that was 2000. It's 2000. So, and the reason I know that is because our daughters, Vin, have been to yep. all of the downs. Right, right, right. Meaning, and I mean, uh, Ayla and Madison. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I only have one daughter, but Vinny has two. So, yeah, so that was 2000 was, was the first. So, yeah, 21 years. 21 years. We've met a lot of people in those 21 years. A lot of through the band that have become our friends, talking about the community thing. and countless people that have met at shows that are now either best friends and do all their stuff together and still come travel for us or have since gotten married, have children, and now they bring their kids to mow down and, you know, to shows and stuff. So it's, it's pretty wild to see. It's awesome to watch the growth of these families around us. It's amazing. It's shocking. (laughs) Yeah. You're personally responsible for like other humans being on this planet. (laughs) <laughs> well, sort of. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a lot of responsibility, huh? You now have to you raise see them. Al's eyes getting really mm-hmm. big. Yeah, you now have to raise them and pay for their college. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing is, a lot of those families are paying for our kids' colleges. So, thank you to them. <laughs> You're yes. Well, that's that reciprocal giving in the community. Right. You guys give to them, they give to you, and it just goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but but you're not you're not wrong, Vin, about about that thing where the, the there's so many people have come together because of or through this thing, you know, ultimately maybe it was Modown or you know, some other show ultimately that, you know, it was our music that was that was the focal point somehow that brought people together. But and this is the thing that I love, like ultimately the the people stay together and the, the band can go away and the people <laughs> stay together. And that's, it's, oh no. <laughs> All right. We might have some outbursts every now and then my, my dogs agree. So, and it's, it's been really interesting to see. And every now and then that will sort of, sort of show itself in different ways. Like the, the first year without a mow down, I remember there were some fans in New Hampshire that hosted a no down event. And so, and my wife and I, who also met through Mo, happened to be, and we were going up to Maine to pick up our bus. We have a Volkswagen bus and it was being worked on at the time. And so we drove up to Maine to go pick up the bus. And as we were circling back through New Hampshire, we went to the party because we're, we are friends with the hundreds of people that were at this party. 
the crazy thing about it was this, and again, this was around Labor Day weekend and everybody was coming together in New Hampshire. There were people that traveled from all up and down the East Coast, all, like all the way from the Midwest, all just to be together on that weekend, because that's what they've been doing every weekend for the last 20 years. And they were going to be together that weekend anyway, even though Mo was not going to have anything to do with it. And and like, and I love it so much. And these people are like, they'll probably still get together on Labor Day weekend every year, whether we have an event or not. And like Vinny said, so many of them are, you know, marriages and children and dogs and all kinds of things that have, have come from those, uh, those overlapping circles. And I love it. Now to take it even a little further now, currently being off the road and Al can attest and may even have done this. I actually have a couple students now that are kids of some of these couples that have, you know, come from the whole Mo thing. <laughs> so like, I know I didn't mean to use that word, but so like, now their kids are getting old enough to take music lessons. And now, so for the ones that like drums, you know, I'm teaching a couple of them for the ones that like guitar or songwriting or any number of different things, they might go see Al or if they want to play bass, Rob, you know? And so we're now starting to see the kids even in a much more prevalent sort of way, because I mean, I see one of these kids of one of our, of a real big fan couple of ours every week or every other week, I give them lessons. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like that makes sense that that would happen because at Modown, the family area is like one of the most epic family areas I've ever seen at a festival. <laughs> and, you know, you see these kids every year. I go play there because I'm, I'm the weird adult that likes to play in the kids' zone. <laughs> but <laughs> I see that these kids that were like babies and then they're, I guess, 20 years later, now they're adults. I mean, I remember Vinny with your kids. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're yeah. an adult now? That's so weird. That was the thing. Like, Deb actually, I think, started, or I don't know if it was her idea, but she kind of started that and then passed it off to Jill Weir, who was able to actually bring in a much better situation to, you know, to keep the kids entertained. But the reason that happened is because we all just started having kids. Like, so I had just had my second when we had our first mowdown. Al just had a second kid since we had our mowdown. Rob was still on his first, but was Becca was probably pregnant for Zach at the time. So we all need, we needed that, you know, and it's not, it wasn't a daycare. It was just something for our kids to do all day because we had our kids there, you know? So we needed to keep them busy because they didn't give, they didn't care about the music all that much. So, <laughs> so, you know, that was another one of those things that kind of came, you know, out of necessity, but also out of, you know, just wanting to have something for our children to do. And the thing is, you go to the kids tent at Modown on a Saturday afternoon and it's banging. Like there's a lot going on there, you know? So it's, you know, it's, it's as big, a, not as big, but it's a big attraction for Modown. Well, and, and was- again, we see all those kids that kind of came from these parents coming together through the community and now they have kids and now they're able to bring their kids to Modown because we offer this kids, you know, kids camp. Yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, I didn't mean to say it was, it was, it was just one of those things that was, that was important for us to bring to the event, to make it all inclusive, to include families, to include kids, to, to make it more than just, just about the music, to make it something, something larger. So it was our, our idea, the inception somehow was that it should be like, should be a family reunion. It wanted, we wanted it to feel like a big family gathering, a big family picnic. And, you know, 
and, and have it be this annual event where people could come from around the country and sort of gather in this one place. And, and whether that be your friends that you were on tour with or the friends that we had, you know, the people that we had befriended on the road, meaning the other bands and musicians, et cetera, or like your own friends and family and your own circles. And so like for all of those people just to come together and have a place to come do that. I think that that thing that we cultivated somehow prevailed. That was integral to to Modown from from its inception. Yeah. That I mean that's what it feels like as a fan. Like I feel like I'm coming back to my like like a family reunion, a family barbecue with the like most epic show ever. And like one of my favorite parts is the kids set when they come on stage and it's the kids and the families <laughs> and they're all like singing and dancing. I love that part so much. I look forward to it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the end of that's our end of summer picnic or end of summer party for everybody for all our friends and family and fans so yeah and it sounds great that they can like come and be all parts of themselves right so not just like an adult that's an alive music fan but okay i can bring all parts of myself i could be a mom or a dad or a you know a friend or you know maybe an uncle or whatever you know and and have all of those parts represented and sometimes it is just like i'm just going to be my live music fan self and I'm going to go out and I'm going to party and I'm going to have a good time. But like to be able to kind of integrate that part into the whole experience, that's really cool because then you get to see other people there too that are bringing more of themselves. And then you kind of get to know people a little bit better when you see more parts and aspects of them. That's right. Absolutely. And it's funny, that thing too has, it, it turned into this thing where then there were all these little sort of pop-up events that the fans were now curating as a part of Modown, like Wine Down, for example. I was um, there. <laughs> and it became, that became an annual thing. And then, you know, but there was also a huge, there's a bunch of, bunch of guys that are really into like all the heady beers. And so there'd be this huge like gathering of all the beer snobs or beer nerds would get together and they'd have a whole like session with the beer. And, but the, the wind down thing became like started out just pretty low. I mean, not low key, but it, it wasn't quite as evolved. And then it turned into like, it, like it got really like good, like yeah. towards like people are making like these really nice charcuterie plates and like people are going all out for wine down, you know, it was a thing that like stood on its own. Like I would just go and show up just for wine down. Right. Uh, yeah. I love wine <laughs> you know, the down. Thing is, and there, there's actually a group now too, the winos, I think it's called, and I'm a part of that group. So I get to <laughs> connect with all of those people all year round. Nice. All right. Nice. Now there's also like we, from the beginning, we, we had the golf tournament was a thing and it's like, you know, that's not necessarily, you know, Mo community based, although it is, it brings the golfers out and stuff. The thing is, is every year that we do it or have done it, all the proceeds go to charity and they all go to a local charity. So for, we either give to the Lewis County school districts, which are really hurting for actually every year we give book supplies to the, to the Lewis County school district. We've given to the library there. We've given to like their 4-H, I think we've done. So it's always been something, if not that, it's always for something that's close to our heart. I know we gave to the Palmer House, which, you know, when Jim's brother was uh, going through cancer, you know, his family stayed at the Palmer House. So we gave money. to. So it's always been a, a really good source of giving back to the community. 
Yeah, I liked how I remember one year we we were guests of of you all, and then when we got there, they were like, "If you want to give a donation, it will go to this." So it was, mm-hmm. you know, we had free tickets that year, and so then we like gave the amount that we would have bought for tickets to oh, awesome. to that, and so that was like such a good request because it's not something I would have thought of. But then when they were like, "Oh, do you want to like donate the amount?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course I would." Um, right. So that was really. That's good. Sometimes people don't think of things, but you're like, you're always thinking of how you can give back. And I think that's why you have such a like loyal and amazing and like, it's like a high quality community. These people are incredible. Right. All that stuff is usually done by fans too. So Evan Rosberg, he's the one who always gets the stuff together to go to the, like the book drives that go to the Rossman. What's that? I was going to say, he does the book drive every year. Yeah, Evan Rossman does the book drive that goes to the library. Usually Nagel does something as well where that gets donated somewhere. I think he does the stuff that goes to the school district. That's the all the notebooks and that school kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Funny, like, those, are, those are all like separate little like fun right. that happen throughout the course of a weekend, which is different than the money from the golf tournament, which is right. allocated to a different charity every year. Right. But then there'll right. be other things that are happening throughout the weekend. There might be a merch sale or some other thing. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of in, it's, it's great. Like you said, there's, there's a lot, there's a huge community aspect to that too, because so much of that is community driven. Obviously we are happy to, to participate and again, uh, sort of encourage all of it. Yeah. Who started the mayor of of Modown was that did you or was that community also don't know I don't remember either responsible for it but it could just be because he like took over the emceeing of it I don't know where it or how it originated like how that's a good question somebody I want to think and I could be completely wrong but it seems to ring a bell is that you know pre probably Al announcements or right around when you were doing that stuff a bunch of notes got sent up either to Rob or to Al that became a, hey, we're doing this thing because this is, you know, the amount of people that are here are bigger than the town itself. So we might as well have a mayor for this thing. And then, you know, it again, most likely fan driven, you know, community driven, not band driven. <laughs> was was Jimmy Boone the first mayor of Modem? I think Jimmy Boone was the first mayor. Yeah. I want right. to think that might have happened organically. Right. Right. Then there started to be some competition and some runoffs, like with exactly. Bears on Gary and right. you know, all these other things. And of course, there were all the Rex years and Hodge and yeah. et cetera. And there's some the squirrels, you know, and then, <laughs> squirrels in the ditch. Yeah, party, or like bacon, I think, one one year. <laughs> right. Oh God. Is there a competition? Like, do people vote on this or oh, is it yet. just like it's oh, big, yeah. it, it's it gives rob his 15 minutes of com- comedic fame as well but it's like it ends up taking up like a half hour or 40 minutes of a break in one of our sets or at the end of the weekend or something because people get really into it. i mean people make t-shirts you know like they they actually canvas the the uh, the, the fans and try to get gain votes uh-huh. you know there's like a whole what's it called yeah. Rex uh, campaign for like five yeah, years. Finally yeah, that's right. <laughs> Rex campaign for five years. So, yeah. And it's funny because people will campaign and spend a bunch of money on shirts or posters. And, the, and then someone will yell like, 
whatever it is, and that wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how Bacon won. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Didn't wasn't Bobby like a, a shout out, and he wound up being the mayor of Motown? Yeah, at, at Gelston Castle it, one year. Yeah, I think, and it was like instead of Rex or somebody else who like clearly had won, and so right. he was like, "Oh, Bobby," you know, and then all of a sudden, Bob Weir became the mayor of Motown. <laughs> And what does the mayor of Modan get to do? Is there like a key to the festival? Absolutely nothing except for bragging <laughs> rights. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's enough, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Al, when did you start the Al announcements? Was there like something that prompted that or did you just start doing it or people were giving you notes or how that happened? Do you know? Well, we started early on. There's, a, there's an early version of it. And I can't remember what we called it. It was like the basket of fun or the basket of truth or something. And I basically co-opted the idea from Prairie Home Companion because they they would do the same thing. And Garrison Keeler would would make these announcements about people's anniversaries and birthdays and whatever. And I thought, like, this is the sweetest thing. Like, how nice that like and it's it was often people who were in the live audience at the show. And I happened to go see a live taping of Prairie Home Companion. And there was a thing with a basket at the merch table. And you could write your note on a piece of paper and just say, hey, I want to wish my mom a happy 75th birthday or whatever. Maybe you'd be the one that got it read. And I thought this was a, like, what a great, again, what a great like sort of community thing to do. Like, how cool is that to be at this thing and have it sort of commemorated by the guy the the show sort of acknowledging and you know in recognizing this 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 moment and and I thought well we should do this and so we started having a basket but it ended up being a lot of really stupid shit <laughs> <laughs> and, and we also we we also did not there was no there was no filter and there was no there was no vetting system I should say right and so we just had the basket and every now and then if there was a slow moment in the show any any of us at, at the front of the stage would just pick something out of the basket and read it. And most of it was pretty untoward, like nothing you would, should really probably say during the show. Or had, it wasn't like about somebody's birthday or anything else, you know, it was a lot of just sort of lewd comments or whatever. And so it, it got mixed pretty quickly. And then... I don't know. We we had we had a few marriage proposals on stage and we all like something it, it kind of it was I think it, it showed up organically because we ended up sort of doing a lot of that stuff on stage anyway. And it was a way to just sort of say, OK, you know what? We're not going to have people up for birthday dances and marriage proposals and all of this throughout the course of the night because it's sort of again, it sort of keeps interrupting the flow of the show. Maybe if we just sort of contain it to this one thing. We'll do it all right here. Just be done with it. We'll make all of our announcements. You know, please, you know, remember your coat at coat check on the way out and drive carefully and happy birthday, Melinda, or whatever. And I, I you know, and, and it it's stuck and it's it's ebbed and flowed. There's you know, there's been some pushback against it from time to time, but for the most part, people seem to like it. And I think Rob has come around to it ultimately. It's definitely a community thing because we'll even get like, you know. I get text messages all the time. Hey, man, my friend's there and he, it's his birthday. And can you please give this to Al? He'll really be, you know, and it's like people 
care as much about that sometimes as the show itself, you know, as a, make sure you shout out to my buddy, you know, or whatever it is. And then, you know, that, that comes through in the notes too, that like, this is my buddy's 75th show. You know, that's a big thing at the shows is when someone gets a shout out for a milestone of the amount of shows that they Right. There's that. And, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes the messages are either they're, they're so touching or yeah. that's very heartbreaking about somebody that, that, you know, they've lost a friend and all their, all the people are there together. There's so many things and there's, and again, all anniversaries and birthdays and all these things. And I feel like that's the least we can do is, right. is all of that. I'm so grateful to all, to, to all of our, people to all to this whole community for caring about this thing so much that that's what that's where they choose to celebrate that moment yeah i can say that out loud that that is no skin off my back i mean i will take i will take an hour to read through all of those things if it didn't you know kind of bore everybody else but i mean (laughs) that's the least we could do Oh, I love so, them. I look forward to it. And like one time, I, Dan and I were the recipients of it. Our friends sent a note up to you because we went to Nativa that happened a weekend before our wedding. And so oh, yeah. we had, we were actually running late and we got there like right as the announcements. And as we like walked in the gates, it was like, Dan and Tara Lee, <laughs> you're getting married. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yay, we're here. We arrived. Um, <laughs> so it was a magical moment. Nice. Yeah, it adds that like just extra emotional quality to the experience that really means a lot to people. Well, we learn a lot from it sometimes too, because we get a lot of those messages. These two people met at this Mo show at this date, and now they're celebrating their third wedding anniversary tonight, or they welcomed their daughter, you know, or what, whatever the message is. It's like, holy crap, I can't believe that, you know, these people met through us got married now having kids and it's like that's pretty freaking awesome and you know and yeah like al said it's like why wouldn't we want to you know acknowledge that my favorite is when when you come up to the front of the stage and you're always <laughs> trying to pass a note to me you're like hey i got this can you just say this and i'm like no you're here like you got to do it <laughs> and i'm horrified because i hate freaking talking in front of the crowd so it's like oh god i'm scared <laughs> I'm curious about, so like you have this amazing community and that is attracted to like you as a band. So what do you think it is about you that has attracted this? Because not every band has a community like this. So what do you think it is about you and your music and like the things that you're doing that has attracted this, like all these people? I think we're just normal dudes. There's no rock star in us. You know, we're just like a bunch of upstate New York guys that work hard, you know, we're hard workers. We're not, we don't put on any like, and we're not jive and we don't, you know, there's, we don't put a whole lot of like, there's not a barrier between us. Like we're band and you're, you know, fan, like there's, we just don't really roll that way, you know? So, I mean, some people are more in the band or a little more open than others. Some like their own space and privacy, but that's just the way they are. So they are more private you know, and some of us are very accessible and, you know, and I think fans love that, you know, and we treat them the way that we treat everybody else. Not like, you know, whatever. So, I mean, if someone says something stupid about thinking about, you know, a song or the, why did this person do that? I'd be the first to be like, shut the hell up. You don't know what you're talking about, (laughs) you know, but there's just, in my opinion, that's part of what is our draw, 
you know, music is probably the number one thing, but I mean, as far as like the community aspect of it, it's just that we're a bunch of normal dudes. I, you know, I, I think you're, you're right. That it's that, like you said, there's, there's, there's not a whole lot of barrier between the band and the fans. And that's, that's certainly evident whether it's when we're on tour or particularly when we're at something like our throwdown event or whatever, and we're just hanging out on the beach with everybody the entire time. And there really is no difference between, you know, we aren't on a special band beach or apart from the fans or whatever, we're all together the entire time, but that's usually the case. You know, if we do a show, you know, something like Atlantic city or Vegas comes to mind. And when the show is over, we're hanging out in the casino with everybody else, like usually. And that's just the way it goes because that's what we want to do too. So maybe that's a part of it. Like, like Vinny said, having, having a band that people identify with on some level, whether it's personally or emotionally or something else. And that's a thing that people connect with, but that's, that's not what you want all of the time. I mean, sometimes you want to go to a show and you want to be you want to be elevated. You want to be taken to a different place or you want to, you want to rage and go to some dark place or whatever. And so there are, there are other bands for those experiences too. And, you know, but we'll, we'll be the band that is, I don't know, the, the, the accessible community band, I guess, right. you know, but you're, musically you're, also, you know, people, of course, everybody's been attracted to us by the music itself and, you know, how we perform our concerts, the fact that we, you know, we're flying by the seat of our pants all the time. So there's not a lot of, you know, we don't set list is always different. Songs get played differently. The way that we flow our shows with improvisation is different than most bands. And that's just stuff that people, you know, that the people that like us, that's what they're there for. You know, that's what they want to see. You know, they want to see us start set one and end set one and not take a break. So you get an hour and 10 minutes of straight music without a break or a stop. You know, or that might be the second set, an hour and 40 minutes of that. You know, so that's people come knowing that that's a very good possibility. That that's what, what they're going to see. You know, the um, the Sesame Street song, We Are the People in the Neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's there's something ab- about us that makes me think of that, because obviously <laughs> if you think about the five of us. We clearly have five different personalities. We come from five. I mean, we have so many similarities between the five of us, which is why I think we are all so close that we are very close knit band with one another, even our crew, too. But also, I think there's a thing where people can sort of look at the sort of the spectrum of of our band, even though we're, you know, a bunch of middle aged white dudes that all, you know, are relatively the same. There's, There's still sort of a spectrum of personalities and things that we bring to the table and and I think there's something about that that neighborhood that, that people that people identify with and people like too. And and like you said, there's whatever whatever it is that thing where we come together and the sound that we make that's their jam. That's the thing that people groove on. The yeah. fact that they get to go have a drink with us at the bar after is just a icing on the cake. Right. Yeah. We're like the neighborhood. Not everywhere, bar. but like I just think of certain night like weekend shows where we're there for two nights. What's everybody doing? Oh, there's a bar across the street. There's a cover band playing or whatever. Oh, let's go. Next thing you know, you're at the bar and there's, you know, 100 fans there and you're freaking doing shots. <laughs> but yeah. that also creates those like emotional memories. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to a lot of fans that have said, you know, I, I came for the music, but I stayed for the community. And whether it's like the fans around them or also being able to create those experiences with you guys, like that's just really special. 
and it, it sounds like you're, you have this like really family, you know, where there's like different, there's the uncle over there and there's the <laughs> whoever over there, you know, but it's like, it's all a big family and you guys have been doing this for a long time. Like you were about to you're celebrating your 30th year last year. Well, right. we were celebrating. I know, it, so. I know. I know. It <laughs> we all... might have to do a redo on our 30th year, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you've been cultivating this for a long time. People still come. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think part of yeah. it too is that you're all like not afraid to be yourselves and be silly and not take everything like so seriously all the time. And I think that's like <laughs> that's really inspiring. <laughs> to people in the crowd and because it allows the people to come and just like truly be themselves kind of what leah was saying before like you are this this and this and it's like well you can just be whoever you want at a mo show right 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 and i i couldn't agree with you more and i and i'm glad that it feels that way and again you know i think it's that's not to say that it's it's not okay to have those those other experiences too where it's 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 fun to get dressed up and go be some other thing at some other kind of show where the band is putting on a spectacle and doing some other thing. And you have no idea who the people in the band are, or whether they're jerks or not or whatever, but it's some other thing and you're all dressed up and doing a thing. And But ours is a little different, I guess. Yeah, there's something interesting that we uh, that, that I notice looking from our perspective, which is the exact opposite of fan perspective but how many people we know in the first five or six rows of this show i mean i can't really see out past that being where i sit i mean al probably can't either because the lights and but you know so many people in the front and you'll see them for two weeks straight or a week and a half straight we go out to california we know every single person on the rail and we see them from la to portland maine or portland oregon i mean You'll see them five, six, eight nights in a row. And you get to the East Coast and it's a little more regional because you can see six shows within a much smaller area. But you go to a bunch of shows and you see the same people and you know them. You've known them for years, you know, and it would feel weird if they weren't on the rail for that show. You know, and you might be like, where the hell was so and so tonight? They're usually always at the show in Vermont, you know, and they weren't there. So what's up, you know? Yeah, like where are Tara Lee and Dan? Why are they walking? Where in there? are Tara Lee and Dan? <laughs> <laughs> That's always the big question. I think at this point, <laughs> I think I actually get a hold of you when I'm going to be in Vermont, more so than you getting a hold of me saying, "Oh, you're coming," right? <laughs> Is that true? I think the last couple times I'm like, "Tara Lee, I'm in Vermont. You're going to be around." So. Yeah, and I was like, "Yes, I am. I was already planning on it." <laughs> I used to do that. All the time, everywhere I went, like because I had friends from high school and college all over spread out, and I'd always be like, I'd call before I was coming in, hey, I'm going to be here tonight. You should come. And it got to be hard after a while, just years and years of doing it, that I just push you loose track of some people. So kind of slowed down on that. Plus, entertaining people after the show gets to be a lot when you're getting old. <laughs> you do a great job. <laughs> that the fact that it pisses off everybody else when all my friends are backstage drinking our beer well it doesn't piss off al but some of the other guys <laughs> my obnoxious friends it's actually one of the things that i love about 
about our job, the fact that we do get to travel all over the country and all over the world, but all over the country and actually stay connected with all of our people. And whether it's the people that we've met through this community or, you know, that that sort of larger community, our friends and family, our, our aunts and uncles mm-hmm. and college roommates and high school friends and everybody else. And I've stayed more connected with all of my people, I think, because of the work that we do and I've been able to. And so I can have dinner with these people on a regular basis, you know, several times a year, no matter where, because everybody is so spread out these days that, you know, as much as we intend to stay in touch with one another, we are able, we are physically able to, which is great. And it's, it's been a wonderful thing. We become somehow the, again, that, that focal point, the, the connecting point for a lot of other people to, to keep their, their connections intact. So we're enablers. In, in people don't way. stay in upstate New York. So all of our friends have like left. So <laughs> we get to so see our friends because yeah, right. Because we are in Colorado and they lived out there or we're in Florida and they live down there or we're in Georgia or wherever. Yeah. Yeah. How has it been in the, like, since the pandemic started and not like all shows and things being canceled? Like how, how have you been able to stay connected during this time? I've uh, lost it. (laughs) I've crawled into a hole. No, we have, we do at least band wise, we do band and crew style Zoom calls and hang out and like have a happy hour and get drunk and stuff. And we've connected with some people that we kind of fell off with. I mean, w- if we have a call like that, Skip, who used to be our tour manager, who we hadn't, you know, hasn't worked for us in years, but was our friend in college, like long before Mo, he was part of, he's on almost all the Zoom calls now that we do, you know, and there's certain people like that, like past employees and stuff that jump on and, you know, and we're reconnected in a lot of ways with some of these people. Yeah, that's been good. We also have a standing band meeting that we do once a week. And for all intents and purposes, it could be a half hour call. It's usually, <laughs> it averages about two hours because the first half hour is just all like BS, like all just catching up with each other. And then we sort of get into the bulk of what we need to talk about. And then it usually spins out on some tangents. Then we bring it back around to like another half hour of BS before we get off the phone with each other <laughs> every Thursday. And that's it's if nothing else, it keeps us grounded in that way because we're all still talking to each other and not just blowing off emails. The other thing I would add is I've been doing Zoom parties and doing the virtual concert thing, which was a strange adjustment at first. But then as I sort of settled into a groove with it, I like I really kind of started to like the format and I like I like a lot of aspects of it. And I have a lot of, again, fans in these these community groups that are all Mo fans that have been have bonded over the last 30 years that are repeat offenders. Um, in fact, I have a group that I'm doing it with tomorrow night, I think that has their seventh. Nice that they booked, but it's, it will be 10 different households from all around the country that will be getting together. And it's gotten to the point where they're like, we don't, you know, we don't want you to play anything that like we would expect at this point. And like giving me permission to like completely go off the rails and do something that's sort of spontaneous and fun. And, and it's great because we have this great dynamic. We have this great sort of zoom party pandemic dynamic that we've created over the years 
There's another group from the West Coast that I do it with that I was not friends with prior to this thing, but we've gotten to know each other over the last year. And it's been awesome. Like, I don't know what it's going to be like seeing them in person. I feel like we've been sort of like e-dating with each other. And then (laughs) each other, it'll be sort of awkward because we'll see each other from from the waist down. But um, how did you guys meet up to do that? Did they just contact you and say, hey, Al, will you host a party for us? Or there's, how did that... there's a website that does it. Okay. There's a li- there's it's a called Go Lively. There you go. go yeah, 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 we're going to have Mark Brownstein on here, and that's his thing. Nice. Yeah. So there you go. He's so, actually the founder. Yeah. Yeah. So Bonnie reached out to me and was like trying to trying to convince me to do lessons on this platform. And I wasn't really into it. I, I just didn't like the idea of selling it to our fans. There was something about commodifying it that I just, I wasn't into. And I talked to Stasic about it and he was the one that kind of put me over the edge on it. He was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, and he sort of like shared the, the notion of having these meaningful exchanges with people. And he's like, it's not, he's like, don't think about like selling your soul so much or commodifying it. He was like, it, it's this opportunity to spend like this intimate time one-on-one with, you know, this person and really connect. And he was like, sometimes if we put the instruments down and we're just talking and like, he said, he said, it's, it's been really, really awesome. And he said, you of all people like would, would love this thing. I said, okay, I'll try it. So I tried it and he was right. And the guitar lessons were great, but early on there was, there was a woman who, who's actually, she's a, she's, she's still um, undergoing cancer treatment. And she has not seen Mo in two years at this point. And she booked a guitar lesson with me, but doesn't play guitar. And she just wanted me to play guitar for her. Oh, and, that's awesome. And I thought, this is so unusual. This is weird. And, but it was also so touching at the same time. And then when she told me her story, like I, you know, it was like breaking down in tears and trying to play songs for her and whatever. And that's when the whole thing hit me. I was like, I should just like, I should just be doing that and playing concerts instead of, instead of the lessons like that should be an option and so i tweaked the model in a way where we could instead of just doing lessons turn it into concerts and and it's it's worked i'm spread out across the thing i have lessons for drums cooking and i do cooking like dinner parties because you know we can't all be together usually i'd have a bunch of people at my house for dinner i do it all the time i used to do it all the time so i thought that why not do the same thing just do it over Zoom, because that's the only way to do it, and come up with a menu, run everybody through it. I had one this last weekend. I got pretty hammered by the end, so I don't know how I performed as far as being a good teacher, but it was fun. Everybody had a good dinner. You know, dinner came out great. So I don't get a ton of bites on lessons, but I don't, I don't push it because I'm uh, like Al. I can't like not a real pusher for for that kind of stuff. So I don't really sell myself too much. I don't feel like I'm worth it for some reason. (laughs) Well, if you're listening out there and you want a drum lesson, I know a guy Mm -hmm. who's really great and his name is Vinny and you should go on Lively and uh, book him. (laughs) Most of the lessons I do do are kids though, which is what I I prefer somewhere between like eight and 14 or 15 because that's when they learn the most and you can kind of steer them in the right direction, give them, you know lessons that way actually al's uh nephew jackson does some lessons he hasn't in a little while i haven't seen him in a while i have to reach it back out but again i don't want to push it's expensive so i'm not like trying to kill you know them with 
with, and I tried to give them a discount and they still paid me the same amount. So of course they're so nice. Yeah. Hmm. So, but he's good. I mean, he's really good. It's just that he plays basketball and he's got school and you know, he's, he got COVID and you know, it's like COVID that ran through the family. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, and this is how I am with all uh, everybody that I give. It's like, this is on your schedule, not mine. Like you guys come to me when you want, you know, and I won't push you to do it. I am interested in every lesson I can do. But, you know, most people are weekly or biweekly anyway. So right. I was I, I ran into a similar situation. I was doing guitar lessons for a family friend for their for their daughter. Their her grandmother wanted to buy her guitar lessons as a birthday gift. And I was kind of done doing lessons at that point. So I suggested that she make a donation to to the American Cancer Society and that I would give her granddaughter some guitar lessons in exchange for that, like in kind. And for the donation in kind, it would have been a, a few lessons. Well, you know, 12 weeks later, I was still giving her lessons and, but it was starting to get to the point where like the schedules were not aligning anymore. And then I, now I felt like I was all in on this thing. And now I felt like responsible for the development of this <laughs> great, like she's such a great kid too. And she's really talented and I want to see her do well. So I connected her with Nick and now Nick's her teacher. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Much better guitar teacher than I am. <laughs> and she might get to learn how to play banjo and mando and you know, get all the things. Now she has a handsome young man as her teacher instead of me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I know, but your hair is you guys... so fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> you can see my long flowing locks. You would know what I was talking about, but you'll have to wait until Mo makes another public appearance. Yes, no haircuts yeah, until guys... then. All right. <laughs> Deal. You guys were also doing things as Mo, like you guys did a couple of drive-ins and you've done some virtual concerts and things over the past year. Working on more of them. So more to come. Yeah. The yeah. drive-ins were super fun. I really, really, really want to go to one. I'm a big <laughs> fan of tailgating and it just seems like the ideal situation where, I mean, one of my favorite things about going to dead shows was hanging out in the parking lot. And then like, as the clock was ticking down, it was like, ah, oh, you know, just like the, yeah, cause I didn't want to be late. I also hate being late for shit, but this idea where you could just tailgate at your car and stay at your car. And then the band shows <laughs> up is, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like the most wonderful, the best. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I've been to a yeah. couple and they're pretty epic. I love it so much. And it's like, you have all your things and like, I don't know. It's, it's just so great. An extra clothes, like chairs, a cooler. I mean, I love it. <laughs> I want to go to one. <laughs> great. That's awesome. Is there anything that you'd like to add before we, we set you free into the world to do whatever it is that you want to do? I have I have one quick story that um, that I think you'll appreciate. Um, when, um, just to bring this back to the this the the the, the subject of community, um, and I thought about this when when you mentioned that this was something that we were going to talk about. Um, when we took a it was a actually a very brief hiatus. Fortunately, when Rob was diagnosed with cancer, um, we had a uh, a few months off. And we were also during that time, it had been 
been a while and we were we were self-managing at that time and I was doing a lot of a lot of hands-on work during that period and one of the things I had come across during this this time was something called conscious capitalism and there's a there's a school of thought and group of like-minded businesses that that believe that believe those those two things can coexist that capitalism and consciousness can can exist that you can do do good work and do you know do work that is good and you know when you look at some companies for example that you know that is clearly their mo like patagonia comes to mind for example you know that is um versus some other companies where the bottom line may be maybe their driver and so you think about and there's there are several tenets to this thing, you know, one of which is, you know, valuing your stakeholders versus your shareholders. And there's all these different things. And so as, as I was sort of, you know, learning about all these principles and sort of immersing myself in this, we were at the, at the point we were about to come back together uh, as a band and start going back to work. I had, you know, the one thing that we had never identified in let's say it was 20 or seven years of being together as a band was a purpose. We never talked about why we were doing this or what our purpose was. We didn't have a defined purpose. When we were young, we were too, I don't know, too, you know, emotionally stunted or whatever to share that thing or whatever, just as young boys, you know, it's not a thing we're going to talk about. We're like, whatever, we play in a rock band. So, but Party! Now- <laughs> Now as like mature adults, it was a conversation that we could have. And so, and we were having some very, like very good conversations with one another because we had an opportunity having sort of put the brakes on and done the hard reset about how we wanted to go back to work. You know, what kind of band did we want to be? What kind of work we were going to do? Like, did we want to just, because if we went back to work, we were just going to wind up being the same, the same old band doing the same old thing that we had been. And, and so we took a, took a minute to sort of think about that. And so I put the question to everybody and I was like, if you could think about like sort of what our, what our greatest purpose is and why we're here and the work we're doing, what do you think that would be? And independently, everybody in the band came up with the exact same answer, which was amazing. And it was that notion that our, our purpose is to bring people together. It was that sense of community. And that is like our greatest asset and it's our greatest achievement. It's the thing that we do. If Mo does anything, we bring people together. And everybody, each one of the guys in the band all landed on that thing, like independently. And it was just like, but it's something we had never talked about. And then when we finally reflected on it, we kind of had this holy shit come to Jesus moment. We're like, oh, that that's that is what we do. Where if nothing else, that's what we do. And so I, I thought you would appreciate that, having that just just a little insight into the fact that it's it's not completely without intent. We also sort of fell upon it sort of unintentionally. It's weird. We all, I think, is too, that expands outside the music thing, because like we all enjoy entertaining people, which by that, I kind of mean just getting everybody together and hanging out. It's not really us entertaining as much as it's all us being together, whether it's the band and our friends or whether like I'm having people. I love to have people at my house and cook. And I know Al is uh, always, you know, doing stuff, whether he's going somewhere or entertaining at his house. And like I said, it's not necessarily us entertaining. It's just us 
bringing people together and hanging out with them and, you know, being part of something bigger than just ourselves. I'm yeah. going to start cooking mine as well while I'm talking to you guys. So. <laughs> we have this is not the first time that that's happened to us during our, <laughs> our podcast. So I think that's funny. Yeah, Katie we had and Marco, Marco and his Benevento. wife, Katie. They were cooking, oh, the nice. whole, they were cooking the whole time. They made this whole meal and like sourdough <laughs> bread and like, I don't know what else. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not getting it. Deb does the bread. So I, uh, I just do the, yeah. the other stuff. So. But I feel like... Al, that story tied the whole podcast together, and that is, like, exactly what you do. And I'm so proud to be part of the family and a moron. Like, I identify as that, and um, I feel so lucky to get to be a part of the community. So thanks for doing that. Even though you didn't know that's exactly what you were doing at first, you did. And now that you consciously know it, oh, my goodness, I'm, I can't even wait when we can all get back together and in real life and be able to, like, have sweaty dances with people, what that's going to be part- like. Those first concerts back together are going to be freaking ragers. I mean, I remember, you know, when we, our first show back after Rob was cancer free was epic. You know, I mean, we couldn't even start for a while because the crowd was just going freaking crazy, you know? So it was, uh, it was amazing. And I, I can only imagine that it's going to be very similar to that everywhere we go for a while, you know, because it's like, Holy crap, we can't believe we're actually doing stuff again, you know? So Yeah, well, I look forward to that day. And thank you so much for being here with us today. Leah, do you have anything last words you want to share before we before we go? I just wanna say thank you guys so much. It was great to to hear you guys talk about your community and I love how it it really is a a focus for all of you and it shows in that. And uh, I can't wait to see you live again, too. I actually saw you guys on Jam Cruise. That was the last time I saw you. Nice. That was fun. Yeah. The atrium. It was fun. Yep. It was crazy. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, really cool to be, you know, have everybody right on top of us. and Big, sweaty, hot mess. It was great. Yeah. That staircase was just Mm -hmm. awesome to to dance on, especially if you could get a spot right up on the rail. Right. That was awesome. So, yeah. So thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank you. And we'll be right back, everyone. Thank you all. And we're back. I'm so glad we got to do that interview with Vinny and Al because I just learned so many things about Mo that I didn't know before. And I thought I knew everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fun. I, I can't wait for other morons to listen to this episode so that they can really geek out on learning those new facts, too. Because that's yeah. so fun when you're a fan of a band and like you just want to know all the inside stuff and other fans don't have access to be able to ask them these questions. So you get to be that representation of that. Yeah, it felt really special. Actually, like the day after we recorded, or actually, it was like a couple hours after we recorded, I was like, this is my life. I get to like talk to Vinny and Al. And I mean, if I thought about that when I went to that first mowdown, which they said was like 21 years ago or something like that, like I definitely was not like, oh, I'm going to be friends with the guys in the band and be interviewing them on my podcast. Like that's just like so wild. Yeah. But I I loved hearing about that, about how like they really have become friends with so many fans and, you know, how like 
they'll go to events that the fans are putting on. And it's just like, there isn't that separation, like they were saying between like musicians and fans. And yes, of course, some of the guys in the band may be more private than the two of them are than Vinny and Al are, but there's not like that hierarchy, you know, it's just like, they're like, oh, you're cool people and I want to hang out with you and you happen to enjoy our music. And so you're going to come and hang out with me. And that's really cool. Yeah, I I completely agree. And like, not only that, but they're super supportive of their fans in so many ways. I mean, when I had a book release party for How to Rock Your Life, I was like, I just, Mo was playing. So I reached out to Vinny and I was like, hey, do you want to come and like, play some music at my book release party and maybe we can talk about the book in between. And he was like, yeah, and I'll bring Al. And I was like, okay, that's (laughs) so great. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I didn't expect that to happen, but I just reached out and asked and they're like, of course I want to support you and, and the thing you're doing. So they're just, that is why they have such a great community because they are, they're just like perfect mirrors of that. Yeah. That gives me goosebumps. Like when you say that, that that's just so special. And yeah, I love that. Yeah, they're wonderful guys. Yeah. (laughs) And wonderful fans. I love all of you out there that are listening, because I probably know so many of you because of them and the music that they play and how they brought us all together. And, and now we're even connecting online when we can't connect in person. And it's it's been so lovely. And I'm like, I might explode into a pile of dirt, sand, and glitter when we're at our first, like, real show together when we can, like, sweaty hug and stuff. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, community is so important. And I want to highlight one thing that can happen through community for the... Did you know? So there is a process that I learned about when I was doing my research called self-authentication. And what that means essentially is that we, we heal and we grow through community. There are things that happen when we are surrounded by others that do not happen just within ourselves. And through the process of self-authentication, that just means that we become more aware of different parts of ourselves by being in community with others. And so this kind of lends to, you know, what we were talking about with the, um, the mow down and how, you know, I was saying that's really cool because then you get to know other people and all parts of themselves, you know, not just like that live music fan that goes to see the concerts, but who you are as a mom or as a dad or as a person who is really passionate about wine or good beer, you know, like all of those things, we have so many different sides of ourselves. And, and as we are learning, and we are growing, and if we think about this through the trajectory of our lives, and especially our lives within seeing a certain band. So, you know, like for myself, I started seeing fish when I was 19 years old, and I'm now a 42 year old woman, and I'm still seeing fish. But there was, you know, that period of time through my 20s, especially where I really was finding out about myself. And I really would find out more about myself within the fish community than I would anywhere else, because that was the place where I was actually able to be more of myself. And and even to like, 
try out different things. And maybe I would try something and I would be like, nope, that's not really me. <laughs> it might look like fun for somebody else, but that doesn't really feel like me. And so that is that process of self-authentication. And we get to find out who we are more authentically as a person with all of those aspects as ourself through being with other people because they are able to see and witness us as that. And in doing that, it actually makes it even stronger inside of ourselves. So I think that's so cool how, you know, this doesn't happen in a vacuum. Like if we were to live in a bubble, we we wouldn't have that happen. It actually happens out in community with other people. And live music communities are like such ripe places for self-authentication to happen. That's amazing. I love everything that I always learn from you because it always validates like how I feel and that the live music community is like such an important part of my life and for my health and my well-being and and that just proves it all so and finding myself you know like I definitely found myself on the dance floor at a concert field so thank you so much for that that's so helpful so now for my section daily jam I'm going to talk about community surprise surprise because that is our theme and you know normally I would be like get out in community and like hug everybody and do all the things but you know right now that isn't possible so how can you find community when you're at home well one place is we have an amazing community and it is the groove therapy podcast community on Facebook and so your homework is to go on Facebook and request access to the group, and I will approve you and let you in, and I would love to connect with you there. Um, there's also many other amazing groups on Facebook, like there's, with, I mean, pretty much any band that you really like, there's going to be a community with fish, there's fish chicks, and I mean, there's a million others, fish tour 2014, there's like probably a hundred fish groups that you can join, there's a whole bunch for Mo. So find your people. I've also lately been really active on a couple of ADHD boards, and I've really like made amazing connections with people um, because you kind of want to just find people that are have something in common with you. So if you love the band Mo, find a Mo community and connect with them. If you love the band Fish, find a Fish community and connect with people there. If you like, if you have ADHD like me, maybe find a community and connect with people there. And if you love this podcast, then you can connect with us there. So we'd love to have you there, Group Therapy Podcast community on Facebook. And let's all connect and be together and experience all of the stuff that Leah talked about, but in the virtual online world. Yeah. Yeah, because that's where we have to do it right now. And luckily, there are ways to do that right now. And I'll also say, you know, Tara Lee and I are both creating our own communities, too. So Tara Lee is helping entrepreneurs to really get clear in their vision. If that's something that calls to you, then definitely tap into that community. And then I also have the Shine Collective, which is live music fans that are ready to prioritize their health and wellness in an authentic and fun way. And I also, I was talking about everybody else's community that you can join, but I have a Facebook community as well, and it's called the Magic is Normal Crew. And yeah. so that's another place that, that we can connect there. Yes. And we talk about Magic is Normal. So if you're curious about that, check us out. Definitely. I am a part of that community too, and I love it. 
Yay! Yeah, that every time like there's a post there, I just get like so happy because it's all like magic and rainbows and unicorns over there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we definitely need all the positivity that we can get in our lives. Yes. Well, and check there's so much positivity if you want to check out some more of the Osiris podcasts that there are. So check them out. So many roads, comes a time, female centrics. There's so many and they're all their own community and and, and and on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So we are a part of Osiris Pod and definitely check out all the other ones at OsirisPod.com. You can follow us on all the places that you find your podcast so that you can be notified as soon as a new one drops. And two of the main ones that I know of are Spotify and Apple Podcasts, although I'm sure there's other places you can follow, but you could also leave us a review at Apple Podcast or a couple of stars, hopefully five. That would be amazing. <laughs> and what else? I guess follow us on Instagram at Groove Therapy Podcast. And also, of course, join our Facebook group, Groove Therapy Podcast Community, just like Tara Lee told you about. Yeah, I told you about it like 100 times. So we will cry if you don't join us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we're so happy that you stopped by and listened to us today. We're so grateful for each and every one of you and I'm grateful for Alan Vinny for spending some time with us. And Leah, I'm so grateful for you and I'm grateful mm -hmm. for Osiris and all the people involved in making this happen. Yes. So feel the love and the gratitude, everybody. And we will send you off with that into the rest of your day or your evening. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and we'll catch you next time. Bye. We love you.